The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time, she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation, and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So Mari, what's your show about today? Lloyd, we are going to be talking about spirituality in conflict resolution. And, you know, we've spoken on our show with very many wonderful people who were spiritual people. And here I am sitting at the Association of Conflict Resolution with wonderful people who are members of the spirituality section of the Association for Conflict Resolution here in New Orleans. So first I'm going to have each person introduce themselves, and then we'll talk a little bit about what this section does and how it's going to change the world. So first, let's talk with Jeff. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Jeff Cohen. I am a board member of the Association for Conflict Resolution, and in my practice, I am a mediator and have been for approximately 21 years. And tell us where you're from. I'm from upstate New York. I live and practice in the Albany, New York area and Saratoga Springs area. And what kind of mediation do you do? Uh, It's mostly matrimonial, divorce-related mediation. I'm working with people in crisis every day. And um, I also do a bit of uh, workplace and organizational mediation as well. Perfect. Well, we're going to find out more about ACR from you in just a few minutes. And Jody, you're next. Hi, I'm Jody Hallstrom. Uh, I work for the Department of Agriculture. I'm a workplace mediator. Um, I'm in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and uh, I do mediation and conflict coaching primarily. Great. Minnesota nice. That's why you're so nice. That's right. (laughs) All right. How about Ray? Hi. My name is Ray Terhorst, and I'm originally from Los Angeles and now living in New Mexico. I received most of my mediation training in California and have now taken it with me to the Albuquerque area of uh, New Mexico, primarily in workplace, uh, real estate, some consumer merchant, as well as some community uh, mediations. Lots of hats. All right, so we're going to talk to Jeff again. Now, a lot of people aren't even familiar with the Association for Conflict Resolution, so since you're a board member of this wonderful organization. Why don't you tell us a little bit about ACR so my audience knows why I'm here? Sure. Uh, We are a gathering 
of alternative dispute resolution practitioners. We are not just mediators, although there are many mediators here. We are also facilitators. We are arbitrators. Uh, there are conflict coaches here. Essentially, uh, we are this, again, a gathering of all of these different types of, of, of ADR professionals. And what makes ACR special compared to a lot of other organizations is that there's a lot of cross-pollination here. Uh, the facilitator can learn from the mediator. The conflict coach can learn from the facilitator. And we come together, we share ideas, we, uh, we, we engage in, uh, uh, in, certainly in the spirituality section, engaging in all kinds of activities and uh, seminars, uh, all types of education that helps us in our practices. And we're trying to change the world, aren't we? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, this is this is a gathering of people, and it, it's a, an interesting community because everybody here wants to save the world. Yes. Yeah. And and we come from many different professions. I think that's what's interesting too. Oh, sure. We've got lawyers, and mm-hmm. we've got people who are you know in the social work area, mm-hmm. and nurses. I mean, all sorts of people, right? Sure. I call myself a reformed attorney. <laughs> I say that I've had my dorsal fin surgically removed, <laughs> and that in essence, uh, uh, I've I've really kind of turned the corner. Uh, and for the past twenty one years, that's all I do is is help people achieve peace. Uh, and, and, and try to achieve interest-based solutions, essentially solutions where both parties can leave the table feeling safe and comfortable with their outcomes. Wonderful. Okay, so let's now talk about this spirituality section. I joined this section. It just talked to me when I looked at ACR, and I have been a member now for a few years, but I decided to join that section. So I know we have Jody and Ray are both part of the tri chairs so let's hear from both of you about what what the spirituality section is okay well this is jody uh i would say for for each of us it means a little bit something different um generally i would say that the spirituality section is about the care of the practitioner um so as jeff said we're we're all here um with a common goal of peacemaking and peace building um and uh, for the spirituality section, we recognize that as conflict practitioners, um, it's really hard work that we're doing. It's very important work, and it's also very hard, emotionally taxing work that we're doing. And so our section is really about supporting uh, one another as conflict practitioners. Um, I often think of the, the metaphor of um, being on a plane and they say when the plane is crashing to really, um, before you uh, help the other person to put the face mask on yourself or the oxygen mask. And, and that's really what our section is about is also realizing that we are um, human beings who have real life issues as well. And that if we tend to our own souls and spirits and hearts and minds, uh, we will be much better conflict practitioners and we'll be able to be more present. Um, for our clients. Perfect. Ray, how about you? Well, as Jody mentioned, I, I believe that it's so important for us to offer support to the practitioner. We do this in what I call the spiritual way. It's not a religious way. We have people from many religious persuasions, and we recognize and we honor and respect those lifestyles. Uh, but we want to be able to support all 
people, not just the people within the spirituality section, but the people within ACR itself. Uh, we provide a retreat uh, about every 18 months to allow members of ACR to come out and refresh themselves, to renew themselves, to recharge their batteries so that when they come back to their practice, they are better able to uh, do perform the functions that these really important functions that they uh, perform in bringing peace between uh, groups and individuals. All right, let's let's hear also from you too about it because you're a member of that section too, aren't you, Jeff? Yes. Yeah, I've attended these. I've attended retreats, and uh, I find that if I am well, my clients will be well. Um, the whole idea for me, I like to seek my own authenticity. Uh, there's so many things in our lives that impact our ability to do our jobs. And when people are in crisis, they're looking to us to help them seek that objectivity and the emotional safety necessary to make choices. And if we're not whole, we can't, we, we're not going to be perceived as whole by our clients. And I can tell you that after coming back from a retreat a number of years ago in, uh, I guess St. Malo is where it was, up in the, in, in the Colorado Rockies, uh, I came back and one of my clients said, you're just glowing. It was one of those kinds of responses that I got, and it was just very clear that I was so authentically present for my clients that they just they could feel, you know, that 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 I was there for them. That there was nothing between me and them, and they felt safe. They felt comfortable. They were able to achieve their outcomes better because I was wholly present for them. That's wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about how we incorporate the the idea of our own spirituality into our practice and um i'll tell you what i do just a little bit to start and um and i honor all of what you're doing about supporting each other because it can be lonely when you're in there in the midst of everybody else's conflict it's and everybody else you know you're the one who's helping everybody else. So it's very nice that we have this section that can support the other mediators. So let's, you know, maybe, well, maybe I'll go last so that you guys can go first and then I'll share what I do too. So maybe, Jody, let's talk about, and you're in government, so people wonder, how do you, you know, incorporate your spirit, so to speak? You know, you're a we talked the other night about being spiritual beings, having a human experience. So how do you do that in the kind of workplace, in the government issues that you have? How do you do that? Well, that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I have chosen um, very, very strategically to stay in the federal workplace for that very reason. Um, I guess what I might say is that spirituality is, there's a place for it everywhere. Uh, I have very much um, intentionally um, sort of done my mediation and my, my conflict coaching work with that very thing in mind. And the way it shows up is very subtly, I think. Uh, it's, um, it, it shows up in ways where I'm able to be completely present to someone I'm coaching, for example. Um, and in the workplace, um, not just the federal sector, but the private sector as well, uh, the workplace is um, people are doing more with less all the time. Um, less employees, less of a budget, um, more work. 
things like that. And so stress is high. And I've noticed that there are very few people who can sit in a meeting and actually be fully present um, to what people are saying. Uh, and so that's um, sort, of a, sort of an underlying way that spirituality shows up, that I bring it to the workplace. Uh, I do have people who, who come into my office and just need to be heard. And there's so many times when um, we may listen to someone, um, but we're really not hearing what they have to say. And so I try my best to, to continue to have that in the workplace. And it's amazing, um, leading by example, how you see more people really stopping and paying attention as well. And, you know, that's so important because the people who are driving by or just listening to us today may not recognize what it means to really be present. And to really be present means to just not be thinking ahead of what you're going to say to them or be thinking about something else or what they're what you're going to answer to them you really listening to that person and not even aware of anything else but what they're saying and not trying to be defensive or not try to be one up or the ego is that's what's so beautiful about being really present and i think there's a lot of people that don't know how to do that and well, absolutely. I, and I, I guess I have to say that that's something that I believe our section really emanates. Um, and I, I believe that my colleagues here would bring this into their um, professions and vocations as well. And, and that is um, to, to show up for clients um, or friends or family or whatever we're doing um, really with that unconditional love um, and that um, no expectation, no judgment um, that's, that's very much what our, our section in the spirituality section is. We meet people exactly where they're at, um, and uh, we walk on the journey with them, wherever that may be. And sometimes that's uh, a challenge. Absolutely. A challenge. Mm-hmm. So, Ray, how about you? How do you incorporate your spirituality into the work that you do? Well, I think <clears throat> for myself... Uh, before I go into a mediation for myself, I prepare myself mentally, usually through a few minutes of uh, meditation. But I think that the process of dispute resolution work in itself is spiritual. People come into the room, they're anxious, they're apprehensive, uh, many times they have been hurt. And to be able to sit down and be able to tell their story on an emotional level, having it, it's a heart-to-heart contact where the other party who is really listening is starting to understand those particular feelings. And I think as a mediator, oftentimes we attempt to facilitate that, at least I do. I attempt to talk to people, have them understand on an emotional level. If I can talk about emotions to you, you understand that emotion because you felt them. And I think once we reach that emotional level, of understanding that then the uh, opportunity to start working on an agreement becomes easier and you know I've had people come into mediation where they wouldn't be in the same room with each other in the waiting room one would be in the waiting room the other be down the hall and then see that same group of people walking out a couple hours later shaking hands planning, uh, in, in one particular case, planning a barbecue uh, with each other that, that 
when and, and that's the spirituality, that transformation that occurs during the uh, mediation process. So, you know, I tell, I, I would like to say to people who have never experienced mediation is, you know, try not to be afraid of it. Embrace it and come in. And I think sitting down at a table and, and being able to understand your neighbor, your boss, um, on a, on a much li larger level or higher level, or maybe internationally, being able to understand your enemy uh, so that the peace can come. You know, each, each one of us in our own way throws our little pebbles, what I call pebbles of peace, into the pond. And I throw my pebbles in. Then it's not up to me as to where the ripples end up. But I do believe that that ripple effect touches so many people. You know, when you were talking about an enemy, it reminded me of Abraham Lincoln, who was an attorney, but he was always into try and resolve cases. And I remember one of his quotes is, to destroy your enemy, make him your friend. And I always love that one because it is, it is so much like what we do in mediation. In mediation, um, unlike other dispute forums, uh, we have that confidentiality, which really makes a huge difference because they can be open and that can't be used against them. But I want to go to Jeff. And Jeff, tell us about how you incorporate, I know you do family mediation and other types. So how do you blend your spirituality into your process? Well, similar to Ray, before I start a session, I have some time to myself. I like to gather my thoughts. Um, in a phrase, my spirituality is based upon uh, a song by uh, Bruce Coburn, a very famous Canadian singer and poet. And he said, Now, you are going to sing for us, I'm right? I'm not going <laughs> to sing, but I will quote him in his song, The Angel Beast. He says, Those who know don't have the words to tell, and the ones with the words don't know too well. And that really sums up my spirituality and my approach to mediation, because I'm not looking to walk into the room and to try to set a structure within which I feel my clients need to uh, respond to or uh, within which they have to agree to. So for me, um, I'm, again, trying to seek that, that authenticity within the room by making sure that people are self-aware of themselves. They have to be self-aware of their automatic behaviors when they're in crisis. Uh, normalize that stuff for them because I'm helping them seek the emotional safety, the objectivity, and perhaps even the creativity necessary for them to make their own decisions and to self-determine their outcomes. And that can only be done uh, uh, by helping people have that fundamental shift. We talk about the fact that shifts happen. Uh, uh, that shift from being fearful, from being scared, from being vulnerable uh, to a place where they can essentially gain the objectivity to say, okay, we now have to make these very, very difficult decisions for ourselves and it will take uh, all of our intellect to do it and not, uh, we're not basing our, our decisions on fear uh, or subjectivity. So uh, for me, it's about self-awareness and again, coming at it from a place where I'm not trying to push them into any particular corner. Uh, my mediation sessions don't have corners. Uh, <laughs> they're very open and, uh, and, and, and we're looking for the dialogue rather than the debate. And as Ken Cloak says, we're looking for the victory without the defeat. 
Yes, and we've had Ken Cloak on our show, sure, which is sure. kind of fun. So, yeah, I'll, I'll just share a little bit that I, I, I share what all of you feel as well, and I think one of the things that all of you were talking about, and Jody, you started out with this too, is about us having to be in that place where we're feeling serene and centered because then we can help those. And just as you both talked about that you have to do a little meditation or do that, I um, I also I do some kind of a meditation where I just kind of breathe serenity into the room before my clients come into the room and um, and visualize that that kind of rose pink quartz energy soothing nurturing healing them and uh, I even do an affirmative prayer that they will do well that they will be able to communicate effectively I just see it in my own mind so that I'm hoping to create that reality for them. And then, like you said, Jeff, you know, we are not there to make the decision. We're there to facilitate their decisions that they make. And I think that's the beauty of it because we empower them to get rid, to release that fear, to release that anger, to move beyond that to solutions. And that's what's so beautiful about this process. So let's talk a little bit more about what we think needs to happen. You know, I don't litigate anymore, but I'm also, I'm a recovering lawyer as well, but I, I'm still a member of the bar and I, I do some other things, you know, that are within the legal process. But basically, um, I try and keep everybody out of the courtroom as much as possible. So let's talk a little bit about how we can help people to get away from that. You know, when people get into a conflict, they immediately think, I got to get a lawyer to, to result, to take care of me. I got to do this. Right. And although we've come a long way and, and since I've been doing this since 1985, I mean, that's when I started, people thought I was meditating rather than mediating. When I say I'm a medita- mediator, they said, well, are you a meditator? I said, yes, I do that too, but this is a little different. So what can we do? Like the audience that's listening to us now, maybe they have a conflict going on. So how do we tell them about this process um, besides just the spirituality, what are the benefits that they can get out of mediation that they cannot get in litigation? So whoever wants to start, pick up the microphone. <laughs> I'll speak from the standpoint of being a divorce mediator. Okay. And what the benefits are. And there are so many. Um, first, let's talk about Uh, the difference between having a judge make decisions for children. Uh, Essentially, do you want to parent your own parents or do you want to judge parenting the parents? Because if you end up in litigation and you're in a courtroom, the judge, unfortunately, has to lay ground rules and tell parents whether how often you're going to see your children, whether you're going to be making decisions for your children. And when I present that to my clients, they're very fearful. They don't want 
strangers making decisions. There can be psychologists involved. There can be other types of counselors involved. The children will have their own advocate who is advocating on, in many cases and in many states, they have to do what the children want, not necessarily what, they can't substitute their own judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so there are a lot of cooks in that kitchen. And I tell people when they come into my office, I don't believe in father's rights. I don't believe in mother's rights. I believe in the rights of children to be parented by their own parents. And that's what this process helps to facilitate. Um, on top of that, let's talk about the time element. Uh, the average middle-class couple in my office uh, uh, will expend about, well, between 10 and 15 hours in order to resolve a, a divorce. And we're talking middle-class couple, two W-2 wage earners, uh, um, a house, a couple of kids, uh, you know, uh, retirement accounts, etc. The, the average middle-class couple will take 10 to 15 hours. We're measuring things in hours, not months or perhaps years if they're litigating. Right. right. The other huge difference is cost, uh, where couples may spend three or $4,000 in my office uh, total. They would spend more than that each with an initial retainer to their respective attorneys. And being an attorney, I understand that. Um, the average couple, if they go in my in my neck of the woods to attorneys, they're going to put down initial retainers of anywhere between five and ten thousand dollars each to commence a process, and that's an initial retainer. It's not the only retainer. And if they're spending three, four, five thousand dollars with me, or twenty five hundred dollars a piece, they're spending an awful lot less money. So, in my practice, I always tell my clients, you are in control of your own outcomes. And you are also in control of the cost factor. Um, people who fashion their own uh, um, uh, their own outcomes are also more likely to abide by them. So those are some of the the, the, the cost benefit. There is is huge, both on an emotional spiritual level of being parents and preserving. This is the the last thing. Preserving I would say. the property. Yeah. It's not just preserving property. I tell my clients, you are there to preserve or create an intimate parenting relationship, which is not easy to do between people who are separate from or separating from one another. That nuanced parenting relationship is what produces good kids, not right. two parents that are polarized. A cooperative parenting, yes. To one another. Yes. So that's what they're either creating or preserving when they're in my office. Great. Okay. I guess I would say um, for the workplace, uh, a little bit different because um, a lot of times I, I mediate discrimination complaints, for example, and a lot of times it is their last-ditch effort at resolving things before going to litigation. Um, I agree with Jeff in that it's far less costly than, than going to litigation. Um, the piece about having the decisions uh, that they can actually be a part of is very true. The piece that I would add, um, separate from family mediation, is that in the workplace, um, a lot of times these folks are going to continue to work together. Uh, whether the discrimination complaint is, uh, you know, affirmed or uh, not, or they settle, at the end of the day, they're going to go back to the office and still work together. And so giving them an opportunity to actually sit down and have a conversation around what went wrong, what do we want our working relationship 
to look like in the future so that we don't end up here again um, is very, very important um, for them to be able to have that conversation. And those conversations are things that just don't happen in litigation. Great. We, we only have a little bit more time, so if you take about a minute. Well, just very briefly, um, I think that Jeff really covered this very well, but I think that there's another component, and that's one where people have the opportunity to learn a little about themselves. Uh, I find that so many times communication skills are lacking between parties that are in dispute, and that part of the process is helping the parties to learn a better ways to communicate with each other. Perfect. And I would just add one last thing is that when you're in litigation, everything is public record. And so you have no privacy and you have no confidentiality. And whether it's family law and you want to keep things out of court and people don't you don't want everybody to know your your finances, mediation is the way to go. And for workplace if you do end up getting fired or this becomes a public record, you might not get another job because people can find out that you were. And the same thing in business. Someone might not want to do business with you again. So for me, as one who does a lot of privacy work, I think that privacy and confidentiality are really the heart of what makes mediation really um, an advantage over litigation. So I just want to say you're all wonderful, and I'm so glad to get to know you in this conference. You're terrific, and we'll get together. So thank you. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 830 right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lloyd. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.